1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tea with Janae. I'm your host, Janae Kirshner of Janae Kirshner Photography and the photo education and coaching site, Tea with Janae. Tea with Janae is where we give real advice, tangible tips, and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer. So I'm super excited about today's brand new episode because we're chatting with Bonnie Battiari all about common branding mistakes that keep you from consistent client inquiries. Bonnie helps us pinpoint what could be holding us back from having our dream clients pop into our inboxes day after day. A little bit about Bonnie before we begin is that she's a brand designer and strategist for creative entrepreneurs. With over nine years of experience in creating elevated visual brands, founded on Intentional Strategy, Bonnie works daily with female entrepreneurs in the photography, wedding, and event industries to help them create strategic brands that empower them to achieve their goals. It's a really insightful conversation and I know you're gonna love today's episode. Also, a little housekeeping before we get started, Tea with Janae has a brand new account on Instagram. I would love for you to come on over and follow us at TwitchNA. There's a link in the show notes so when you can swipe on up and give us a follow. Also, if you love today's episode, we would love your kind words and support if you leave us a five-star glowing review on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy, takes a few minutes, and makes a big impact on the show. All right, you guys, let's get excited. Let's grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited to have you guys here. I have an amazing guest on the line today. Bonnie, can you say hi
0: to everyone? Hi, friends. I'm so excited to get to chat with you today, Janae, and have this amazing conversation. So, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course.
1: I'm so excited. I'm super pumped about our topic today. We're going to be talking about common branding mistakes that keep you from uh, booking consistent clients and getting consul- client inquiries. But before we get started, let's talk, uh, let's introduce you to our audience. Can you tell everybody a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started?
0: Absolutely. Well, my name is Bonnie Bakhtiari, and I am a brand designer and strategist for creative women entrepreneurs. I'm also a... Uh, coach for fellow designers. And I live in sunny Waco, Texas with my husband of almost nine years and our two very, very rambunctious golden cheaper pups. Um, my business, Fias for Bonnie Design, I have been doing this work, working with women entrepreneurs to create elevated visual brands that position them as the go-to experts that their clients are searching for. And so as a result, they're able to experience not only a deeper sense of fulfillment in the work they're doing, but they're able to consistently connect with their ideal clients. And so they're able to have that impact they're looking for and experience that consistent income. So today, I'm really excited to be able to just be an open book and share a little bit about what I know and uh, really break down this topic about creating consistent client inquiries and leveraging your brand as a tool to do so, so that you feel confident in your ability to connect with the dreamy couples and clients that you want to serve.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. And I feel like this is such a perfect topic for our our listeners because you know, I get asked a lot like how do I get more bookings? How do I get more client inquiries? How do I find the right client? So this is going to be so great. Um just picking your brain a little bit and helping and helping people out. So let's talk about, you know, common branding mistakes that keep you from getting consistent inquiries. You know, what biggest mistakes do you see, you know, over and over again?
0: That's a really great question. And first of all, I want to say, as I'm kind of talking through some of these common mistakes that I see, if you're listening today, I don't want you to beat yourself up. Or if you're resonating with any of this, I don't want you to you know, be hard on yourself or down on yourself. These are common mistakes for a reason. They're easy to fall into, but they're also an easy fix. And so I can honestly say that there have been times where I myself, as a branding expert, have fallen into one or two of these pitfalls. Definitely, my clients have wrestled with them in the past, but that's the beauty of getting to uh, you know, work with someone who can offer that outside insight into what you're doing to kind of shine a light on maybe some areas for growth so you can use them as opportunities. So let's look at these mistakes as opportunities for growth instead. So that being said, uh, let me kind of share a few common mistakes that I see. So I'd say probably the most common one that I see, and especially with my clients who are in the wedding industry and the events industry, I will see a lot of people come to me with a DIY brand. And I, I want to mention that the DIY brand is probably something that they created when they were getting started, when they, you know, decided to leave the nine to five and branch out on their own. And yes, it definitely does save you money up front. But what you don't realize is that having a DIY brand, so that could be a DIY logo. It could be not working with a professional designer or strategist to nail down your brand strategy. It could be, you know, having kind Of a DIY website, those assets could actually be costing you in the long run because if your ideal client comes to your website or comes across you on Instagram and does not see a really polished, elevated identity, then you might actually be unintentionally turning them away because they're not seeing you as the professional that you are. Mm -hmm. So, Your logo, your website, those things are actually tools to position you as the expert that you are. And I actually kind of think about a recent client project that I took on. I was working with an incredibly talented photographer... Who had been working with essentially a kind of a patchwork brand that had served her well up until that point of building her client base, honing in on the transformation that she provides as a photographer. Um, But she was seeing that she wasn't seeing those uh, consistent inquiries coming in from the caliber of clients that she wants to serve. And so what we did is we focused on creating a cohesive genuine visual identity founded on a clear sense of strategy that has helped her uh, completely pack her calendar with quality client projects, people she's so excited to serve. And that's just a, a one example of what can happen when you uh, get to that point where you're you know, wanting to take things from the next level, from that initial kind of DIY stage to something that feels a bit more polished, a bit more reflective of you and your expertise and the incredible work that you do for your clients your couples, uh, that DIY brand, yes, it can serve you well up until a point. But if you're wanting to generate those consistent client inquiries and really start to see dramatic growth, that's something that I would definitely say, okay, look at that and see if there's some area for growth there. Um, And then I'd say probably one or two other common mistakes that come to mind. Uh, Another would be Hyper focusing on what your competition is doing. Mm. And I'm not saying that, you know, we should like keep our heads buried in the sand and we should ignore what other people in our industry are doing. But uh, there's a difference between being aware of the competition and like hyper focusing in on what they're doing and how they're branding themselves. Because if we become, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of obsessed with what our competition is doing, it can be really, really sneaky to uh, build a brand that's unintentionally influenced by what theirs looks like. So you didn't set out to do it. You didn't set out to copy anybody. But over, you know, a period of time, the more that you keep looking at what other people are doing, the more your subconscious is going to think, oh, I I, I should do that too. If it's working for them, it's probably going to work for me. Mm-hmm. But what happens there is kind of keeping up with the Joneses, hyper-focusing on what others are doing, it doesn't actually help you stand out in your industry because it, it kind of uh, robs you of the opportunity to create something original, something that your ideal clients can connect with you over. So if it works well for your competition, that's amazing, but it doesn't mean that it necessarily will work well for you. So when you're thinking about kind of combating this mistake, I definitely encourage you to think about keeping your definition of success in mind, like your big picture of this brand that you're building, this business you're creating, what is it for? What does it mean to you? How does it impact your life? How does this impact your future? How do you want this to impact your clients? And when you think about that, you can start to see that there's so much more originality, so much more heart, so much more authenticity behind the work that you are doing, that you deserve to have something that is unique to you, not a cookie cutter example of what your competition is doing. And think about it this way. Your ideal clients, they want to connect with you. They want to connect with the incredible story you have, the amazing work that you you're capable of doing. And it's going to be hard for them to do that if you're unintentionally kind of blending into the sea of the competition because you were so focused on what they were doing in the first place. And then I guess the final, final mistake that I see very frequently is inconsistent messaging. So it's going to be really challenging for us to generate those dreamy, ideal client inquiries on autopilot if your brand and your website aren't clearly communicating who you are, what you do, who you serve and how it adds value to their life. So when we think about actually kind of treating that like a, a little bit of a quick and dirty formula of who you are plus what you do plus the transformation that your work provides, that is pure gold, my friends. That means that you, if you're able to understand that and you're able to take that sentence and weave that throughout your messaging, it's going to make it so much easier for you to create your copy or to create social media posts or to create content or to even have conversations with potential clients uh, where you're clearly articulating the work that you're capable of doing and why this potential client needs to hire you. So that transformation that you provide is a really powerful connection point, but so often... We get a little bit too caught up in uh, you know, who we are and what we do. And we kind of sometimes forget to talk about the value that our work offers or the transformation that your work provides. Right. And so that's where we kind of leave off a really big piece of the puzzle. So your messaging isn't quite connecting because ultimately your ideal clients, they want to see how your work is impacting them and their journey. And they want to see uh, what they can experience and how they will grow or how amazing their wedding will be when they choose to work with you. So we, we definitely want to make sure that we're communicating that and, and not, not forgetting to speak first and foremost to those amazing couples who want to hire you. So I know that was a lot of info, but I'd <laughs> say probably those are the three biggest missteps that I see entrepreneurs making.
1: Yeah. No, I, I love it. I think it's so helpful. And I hope people listening are like, oh, yeah, maybe... You know, it's time for me to upgrade my, my branding and my, my vision and my, how I communicate. And that's the whole point of this. It's like, you know, you're here to help. We're here to help people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, when I started out. I, you know, had a different business name, I made my logo, and then you know, maybe like 3 years in I was like, okay, it's time for an upgrade. And then I paid, you know, I worked with someone, and then even I think 5 years later I was like, okay, now we're going to do it again, but I'm going to do it with someone else. And I've I know who I am as a as a person and as a business, which reflects in my branding, and it's always good to work with someone who can help you bring it to life because it's hard to articulate your, your brand. You know what I mean? You need someone who has a, who can understand a visual language like yourself to, to, to bring it to life, to bring it to fruition.
0: I I totally agree. And I think that, I mean, that's not to say that you can't go kind of the, the DIY route in some ways. Like if you came from, um, you know, a design agency background or you have experience with, um, you know, marketing strategy, brand strategy, design, uh, graphic design, I should say. There are, you know, definitely some, some ways in which you can help yourself and you can provide that kind of support to yourself. But kind of like what you were saying, Janae, there's something so incredibly powerful. And I even find as an expert in this stuff, I find so much clarity when I go and I seek out help and I get that outside opinion of someone who can just lend an impartial kind of, you know, second pair of eyes to what I'm working on or, you know, share their brain power with me and help me see uh, blind spots or areas for growth that I wasn't aware of. And it's, if anything, it's really nice to be able to walk through that process, not by yourself, with someone who gets it and who's supporting you on that journey. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I, I I completely agree.
1: So now that we know the, you know, a couple of the biggest mistakes, you know, how important is it to fix it? And then, where should people start? I think people get overwhelmed with beginning or starting a project. I love your your input on on what they should do, maybe like tiptoeing to baby steps to really going headfirst in.
0: Absolutely. Well, if you're seeing that you are not generating consistent client inquiries, or you're seeing that the inquiries you are generating are not quite at the uh, level that you want to be booking at. So let's say that you're getting inquiries from couples who um they're. Their budget isn't quite where you want to be, or um, maybe their budget is at the right place, but their personalities are not a good fit. You know, for whatever reason, there are so many different scenarios you could talk through here. But if you're finding that you're not quite seeing the level of connection and the level of conversion that you want, to me, that's a good indicator that something with your brand, something with your messaging is not connecting It is not doing the heavy lifting for you. So I think this is a fun opportunity. And this is where, like, my brand strategy kind of nerd side comes out. But (laughs) I think that it's a fun opportunity to kind of like put on your detective hat and to take a look at your website. If you do have an industry friend or uh, even, you know, a family member, someone who would be willing to kind of take the time and give you their honest input. Ask them to take a look at your website, take a look at your social channels, kind of audit your online presence and ask them, you know, what do, when you see all of these, these tools and all of these assets, how do you view me? What do you think of my work? What do you think of who I am? Is it clear the kind of work that I'm able to do and the level of transformation or the experience that I'm able to provide? And that can give you a lot of input just kind of in, a, in, an, in an initial, um, Kind of discovery phase where you aren't necessarily diving straight into action, and you're not necessarily like uh, putting down a deposit to work with a brand designer or strategist. But you are starting to identify where some of those gaps might be and where there are some opportunities for growth. Uh, I think that a lot of the time it's easy to, like you said, Janae, get really overwhelmed and not quite know where to start. So let's kind of look at it as different stages, right? Like at the at the start, there's a stage of awareness of okay we know there's a problem we know that our brand isn't serving us well right now instead of going straight into action let's build that awareness and let's do our homework and let's figure out what exactly is not serving you well so for example if you've had the same logo for the last five years and it reflects when you created it or when you hired someone to create it, it reflects a very different level of expertise and a different kind of experience. And since then, you've really grown and you've invested in your processes and your services. Maybe you've grown a team. That logo might not be an accurate reflection of your brand in this season of life. So, based on kind of some of the findings that you're seeing, I do think that it's important to start to take those baby steps towards investing your time and energy to uh, kind of correct things and and create a new season for you and your brand, one that really empowers you to hit your goals. So I think that doing some of your homework, digging in a little bit, kind of seeing where there are opportunities for growth, that helps you identify your needs. Then being honest with yourself about, okay, what are my goals? If I'm looking to invest in a rebrand or I'm looking to work with a brand strategist to help me nail down my brand strategy, what do I want to receive out of this experience? What kind of growth do I want to see in my business? Do you want to book more clients? Do you want to raise your rates? Do you want to raise your rates so you can take on fewer clients and have more time in your schedule? You know, There are lots of different ways that you could be defining success, but thinking and really getting specific with yourself about what this series of brand updates can do for you, that can help you make really wise investments. Because if you just kind of go into it because you're like, I listened to this podcast episode on Tea with Janae and Bonnie said that I need to go out and update things, but you don't know why you're doing it or you don't know what kind of impact you want those changes to have on you and your business... It's going to be challenging to make the best investment of your time and energy, whether that's going and working with someone you already know or going out and working with uh, someone new. So I definitely encourage you to uh, kind of do some of that initial foundation work of just setting expectations, identify where there are opportunities for growth. And then from there, that really does arm you to go into the conversation of maybe I do need to rebrand. And so I want to go out and and find someone to help me do this. Or you might go through that and you might actually see that things are still working really well for you and you're still seeing that your current branding visuals are serving you well and generating the kinds of inquiries and the kinds of income that you're looking for so then just use that as confirmation that you're actually definitely hanging out in the right the right space yeah i
1: love that and i think you know i can share like personally that i've actually gone through this where when i started out my business was called brooklyn view photography I didn't want to use my name. I was very like timid about that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but several years in, I was like, I need to change this, but I was afraid to do it. And then it wasn't until I realized that my name of the company was holding me back that I was ready to to be Janae Kirshner okay. Photography. So I did it about almost three years ago, which is kind of crazy, but I wanted my logo. I wanted my identity to be myself and to be how I am, which is classic and I'm modest and like all this stuff. So, you know, I worked with a brand designer to, to really bring my my mark to to life and like changed my site and all this stuff. And I have to tell you that the day when I went live, people were like, oh my God, we love it. They, they were like, oh, we hated your other name. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was about planners that I wanted to work with were finally like, Oh, you know, I never thought of you for this venue because you were so focused on Brooklyn, but Mm -hmm. now the world is your, you know, like now I see you working at this place with me and this place with me. And, you know, I think it's being aware and having someone really critique your, you know, what you have going on right now to really push you into the next level. So I know for me, that was like the catalyst I needed to see my own growth and to, and to be ready for it at that time. So I, everything you're saying is like really bringing up these like old memories. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've been through that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, do we, can we do this on our own or, you know, should we bring in, you know, professional help?
0: That's a really great question. And I I think I might have mentioned this earlier, but I do think that it really depends on kind of your level of expertise in the area of brand design and strategy. So if you do have a background in this, you might be able to walk through this process for yourself. But again, there's kind of a caveat with that in the sense that you are always going to care so deeply about this brand that you've built and this business that you have built in a way that an impartial brand designer and strategist won't. And it's not a bad thing that say, let's say if, you know, someone came to me and, you know, said, you know, Bonnie, I want your input on this rebrand. Let's work together. Uh, I, I care about the goals they've shared with me and I care about empowering them through the work that we do to achieve those goals and have a brand that has that longevity built into it. But I am obviously not as invested in the story of how you got started or uh, you know the meaning behind your past logo that's no longer serving you well. And so I'm able to be, in some cases, a little bit more abstract, maybe some cases a little bit more uh, ruthless in making some suggestions from a place of strategy that will help you move in the direction of you know, pursuing new opportunities, pursuing new growth, growing your business, growing a team, whatever that looks like to you. And so I think that it can be really tempting to walk through this process on your own. And if, if we're being honest, if you're in a season where your resources are not in a place where you can hire someone, that's okay. If you feel confident and doing some of this initial foundation work... For yourself, you absolutely can. But I do think that when we start thinking about elevating your brand to reach those high-end clients, when we start thinking about working with high-end planners, high-end couples, high-end venues, there is a certain amount of positioning when it comes to positioning yourself in a luxury market that you would benefit from working with a professional who has that level of expertise so they can make sure that this is an investment that really positions you in the way that you want to be perceived and not just, you know, so that you're viewed in a, a way that flatters your ego or makes you happy or, you know, aligns with current trends, but so that you're able to see the kind of profit and the kind of consistent income and the kind of consistent client inquiries that are going to help you do your best work and the work that you love doing.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And I don't know the way that I, I'm going to be really honest. Like I really think that people should just hire professionals and don't (laughs) do a DIY. (laughs) I'm going to be blunt because, you know, I mean, I have a degree in graphic design. I went to SVA and like, I still use other people because I am no longer in that world. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I needed somebody to help me. So even though I can, I know what I want, I can't do it. I need somebody Mm -hmm. else to do that. And I think people listening, you know, they get, I mean, hiring, you know, someone to be your creative guru is expensive. Like, if you hire the right person and invest, you, you make that money back. Like, I, I feel like people lose sight of of that. You know, it's like it's an investment now, but the return on investment is going to be worth it. So, if you can, you know, do it when you can afford it. Do do it when you saved up for it, or do it when you book your next job and you're like, that money is totally going to go towards my brand and my new my new identity in a way to keep, you know, keep me to get those consistent client inquiries. I think it's it's really worth it. And if, for me being in this industry 11 years, you know, putting in the, the money and the time to do that stuff right is really going to be beneficial. Like all the, like years later going down the road, you know, but building your, your reputation and your brand, I, I feel like it's such a good and wise investment. So that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think that exactly what you were saying about, yes, it is an initial investment, but it pays off, I mean, so, so, so much. That is an investment that offers such an incredible return that, I mean, that initial investment of however many, you know, thousands of dollars, that has the ability to, uh, you know, empower you to be making, you know, six-figure income plus, and that is... I think when we think about the way that our lives could change or the way that uh, we could provide for our families or the kind of impact that we could have when we're earning more, there's uh, just a huge amount of possibility, like really beautiful, motivating possibility that exists. So uh, yes, I, I think that it can, be, it can be humbling. It can be a little um, vulnerable and a little scary to reach out and ask for that help, but that's why, you know, that's that's the work that people like me love doing. We love to, to use those skills to empower people to really achieve their goals through design yeah. and through strategy. Yeah. So definitely let someone take that off your plate so that you can shine and you can show up and serve your clients in the way that only you can. Yeah, I love that. Now it's so great. So, you know, what other
1: common mistakes do you see with branding? Is there anything else that sticks out to you?
0: that's a great yeah that's a really good question I think that uh, when I kind of think about other mistakes that I see a, a really common one is uh, you know this kind of goes with the the sort of DIY brand that we are talking about earlier but having a brand that feels kind of like a patchwork quilt mm-hmm. um which and what I mean by that is having a brand that's a little bit of this and a little bit of that and a little bit of that over there and it <laughs> it's not cohesive and it's something that it's it's like this is usually something where uh, I, I see this happen, where someone has worked with different designers, or and they haven't hired the designer to do a full rebrand. It's been like they've worked with one designer to do the logo, then they worked with another designer to do the website, then they worked with another designer to do their, you know, social media templates, or you know, whatever, something like that. I think that um, when you want to make sure that you're positioning yourself in the best way possible, so that you're able to serve your future clients at your highest caliber they are going to be confused by a brand that feels a little disjointed and feels a little bit like some puzzle pieces that don't quite fit together. And I'm not just talking through your visuals, even, even your messaging or your copy. This, this can really come to life through those assets too, where let's say you you know were inspired by someone. And so you kind of like based your about page copy off of their about page. And then you liked this other photographer's galleries. And so you kind of designed your gallery pages, around their galleries. like What that does, there's nothing wrong with gathering inspiration. There's nothing wrong with looking and seeing what other people are doing. But kind of like I said earlier, we want to create something that's original to you and that tells the story that you want to tell. And it's hard to tell a cohesive story from start to finish if we're borrowing other little bits of what other people are doing. So um, although that can be tempting to kind of go with this like hybrid approach of like, oh, I really like this and I like that and I like this other thing over there, I would say just don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Just just don't. Just
0: don't. <laughs> so, I would love to know like a
1: success story from a past client of yours who was making big mistakes and then fixed them and then started booking the right clients.
0: Absolutely. Um, well, personally, I, I just am obsessed with my clients. I think they're the most amazing women and I could you know just kind of talk about them all day long. But <laughs> <laughs> one person who comes to mind, she is a really talented high end floral designer in the Denver, Colorado area. And she, when she first came to me, this was a few years ago, but when she first came to me, she was living with a brand that she had outgrown. So it was kind of that, that DIY brand that we talked about earlier, where she started out with something that was within her budget at the time she started her business that, you know, was, not, not the you know like best, but also not not horrible. Um, but she and it served her well for several years. But she was mm-hmm. getting to that point where she was constantly wanting to book higher and higher and higher end clients, and her brand was not high end. And so people would go to her website, or the planners that she worked with a lot of the time. The planners would see her website, and they would not make the connection that she, as the creative, was capable of doing this high caliber work that she wanted to be doing and that she was doing, but her brand and her website just weren't telling that story. So uh, she came to me and she knew that she just outgrown this brand. And we dove on in, we got to work. We focused first with brand strategy, then we walked through her visual identity. So, you know, designing a new logo, new marks, and then we kind of wove that uh, presence and that aesthetic through her website. And uh, keeping in mind that she wanted to be working with high end clients and she wanted to, she offers this very, Wild and organic and very romantic floral design style, and so she wanted to be working with couples who got that and who didn't want like a really tight bouquet of roses and you know that sort of thing. She wanted people who were creative and adventurous and kind of open to um, trying new things through their uh, their you know wedding florals. And so, walking through the process, launching that new brand. I I think that it was within a few weeks of launching, actually, it was days after launching her brand, she started getting inquiries. She started getting contacted by high-end planners in her area and even in other kind of destination wedding uh, areas in the Colorado region saying, hey, I have a client who I think would be perfect for you. Or, hey, I have this person and I would love to get your info for your current rates to see if you know we can make this happen. And so within a few days of launching, she was booking high-end clients. She actually booked a celebrity client not too long after that. And so oh, wow. she went from having a brand that was actually keeping her from experiencing the opportunities and achieving the opportunities that she wanted to having a brand that generates like 50K plus months. And the amazing thing about that is that she is a mom to two little kids and those sweet kiddos, as they're growing, she knew that she did not want to be taking on like 20 plus weddings a year. She wanted to take on just a handful of weddings a year. So by going through the branding process and positioning herself as a higher end floral designer, she was able to book high-end clients at dramatically higher price points, which means that she can only take on a handful of weddings a year, make exactly what she wants to be making, and then be present for her family in this really sweet time where, while her uh, kids are still young and growing, and you know she really gets to choose where her time and energy goes. So when I think about that, um, that's just I think a, a powerful example of what having that professional branding that positions you in the way you want to be perceived that that's what that can do for you.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. It's so powerful to hear and it's such like social proof that I think people just need to see and learn about and, and hear about. And yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's there, it happens all the time. You just have to be ready to make the jump and, and make the mm. investment. So I love that. So I'd love to give our listeners clear goals. Actionable items um, and things that they can really take away from each podcast. So, I, you know, if you wouldn't mind, you know, maybe you can share, you know, three ways to avoid these branding mistakes with your own brand.
0: Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, instead of if we think back to some of those common mistakes, those kind of top three that I shared, instead of going the DIY route, try to pivot your mindset to instead of feeling like you need to do everything on your own, how much more expansive and how many more opportunities could come your way if you opened yourself up to receiving the professional help and the professional support that could empower you to achieve your goals. So, instead of going the diy route start to think through what some simple steps can be in order to go in that done for you direction and i know that there are you know everyone is in in different seasons of life and your resources might look different so there are some strategically designed templates like strategically designed semi-custom brands out there so that you're not missing that strategy piece but also it's if you're not quite ready to make a higher level of investment in a truly custom brand That can be a good way to receive a a lower level of support, but still that strategy piece. There are also some really great uh, strategically designed website templates out there. But if you are able, kind of like what we've been talking about, but if you are able to get that support from a professional and go through that done-for-you experience, that is a great direction to go in. Uh, Another uh, piece of advice, instead of hyper-focusing on what your competition is doing, clearly define, and this is this is some homework for you take out your favorite notebook grab a piece of paper a piece of paper if you are someone who you prefer to take digital notes open up a Google Doc or uh, the note app on your phone whatever works for you but Write down what success looks like to you, what it looks like, what it feels like, your big picture vision for your business. And I want you to keep that in mind whenever you're scrolling through Instagram and you're distracted by the amazing stuff that other people are doing. You're seeing these beautiful brands that other wedding pros are sharing and creating. Instead of seeing that and thinking, oh, I wish that I was doing that or I wish that my brand looked like that, think about... Okay. Good for them. Good for her. Good for him. But realistically, I'm pursuing something that is more unique. I'm pursuing my own definition of success and I'm taking intentional action through my brand in order to build the kind of uh, success that I want to see. So what works for them might not work for you. Also, Mm -hmm. I would say be really intentional with the amount of inspiration that you are consuming from your competition so that you are aware, right? Because we don't want to be living with our heads in the sand. But uh, there's a difference between being aware and being so inundated with that external inspiration that you start to embody that and you start to create a brand that just looks and feels kind of the same. And then um, that third mistake that we talked through of having that inconsistent or that unclear messaging. If you're able to identify for yourself who you are, what you do, and the transformation that your services provide to your ideal clients or your ideal couples, and then you take that and you use that piece of messaging, that foundational uh, sentence or even a handful of sentences as a, a clear foundation for your Instagram bio, for your bio on your website, your about page, for the, the way that you talk about your services on your services page. What that does is it makes it so crystal clear to your ideal client The kind of wedding professional that you are, the kind of incredible work that you do, but more importantly... How their lives or how their wedding day is going to change, how it's going to be more effortless, more joyful, more memorable if they choose to work with you. And so knowing that, that can be a really great foundation, even in just having face to face conversations or having a Zoom consult with someone. It can help you feel more confident in your brand as well and in the work that you're doing because you're clearly communicating how incredible it's going to be when someone chooses to hire you and work with you. And that is what gets people excited about signing on the dotted line and paying that initial deposit is when Mm -hmm. they start to see how their wedding day is going to be completely transformed, how their life is going to be better or more fun or more easeful when they work with you. Uh, That really motivates people to invest accordingly. Yeah. I love that. Excuse me. That was great. I feel like
1: those are so it's so much information and it's so helpful. And I really, I'm so glad that you're here. I, this is such a great episode. Thank you so much. My goodness. I feel like so empowered now.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you so much for having me and for uh, really just inviting me to, to share this uh, these observations. And I, I hope that there are encouragement and that those who are listening walk away feeling really empowered when it comes to taking control of their brands, taking intentional action, and generating those consistent client inquiries so they can have the impact they're dreaming of.
1: Yeah, I know. Me too. So let's tell everybody um, where they can find out more about you, uh, your services, and say hello online.
0: For sure. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time on the social media. And you can find me at Bonnie Joy Marie. You can also head over to my website if you want to learn more about the work that I do as a brand designer and strategist for women entrepreneurs. You can find me at B. Bonniedesign.com. And I assume since you're tuning into this podcast, you are a fan of podcasts. And I actually have my own, which you can find on Apple Podcasts or really wherever you tune into your favorite shows. And if you search for the Brand Strategy Podcast, you will find me there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So everything is listed in the show notes. You guys can just swipe on up right now and uh, say hello to Bonnie and find out more about her and tell her you listened to today's episode. Bonnie, thank you so
0: much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much, Janae. This has been such a joy and I so appreciate you inviting me on your show. Yeah, I can't wait to have you back.
1: Thanks so much. you liked today's episode i want to give a big shout out and a huge thank you to bonnie for being here today it was such a joy talking to you i had such a great time and i hope you come back if you guys want to find out more about bonnie and her services please be sure to swipe on up click on the show notes and let her know you listened to today's show all right you guys i can't wait to share our next cup of tea together talk to you soon